Hey, good evening, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. This is our second service. We had a really big crowd at 6 o'clock, and we're glad to see all of you. Uh, it's a great service. You're going to be so blessed. We come together on Good Friday to remember the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross when He paid the penalty for our sin. We got a little bit of everything tonight. You're going to be blessed. And my, uh, my encouragement is that you'll just uh, put aside any distractions that you might have. Just open your heart, throw back your head, sing. You're going to be blessed. I promise. So let me pray, and uh, we're going to get started. I want to welcome everybody who's joining us online. We're so glad that you're with us wherever you might be. We're glad to have you as a part of the service. You're going to be blessed as well. Let's all bow together, and we'll pray and ask God's presence into this place. Thank you, Lord, for a chance to be here this evening, and thank you for the service that we just had and the, the great blessing it was, and thank you for all the folks who came out, and thank you for these folks here. And I pray, Father, you just open up our hearts to really... Think about, remember, and be so deeply thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus. This is all about Him, and so we ask this prayer in His name. And everyone agreed and said? Amen. Amen. To grace, how great. 
for the cross, Lord. We thank you for grace and redemption. We're so grateful, Father.
him for his amazing grace. We're going to have a time of scripture reading. We're going to do it a little different than we do at church on the weekend. So go ahead and just be seated for me if you would this evening. And what I'd like to invite you to do is just to bow your head and let these words just flow through your heart. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering... He will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And there they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law and elders mocked him. From the sixth hour... Until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I want to invite you to stand again tonight as we worship the Lamb. Sing with me. You came. You came from heaven's throne, acquainted with our sorrow, to trade the debt we owe. Your suffering for 
our freedom. The Lamb of God. And the Lamb of God in my place. Your blood poured out, my sin erased. It was my death, you died. I am raised to life. Hallelujah, the Lamb of God. My name, Lord. And my name upon your heart, and my shame upon your shoulders, the power of sin undone, and the cross. Father, we thank you so much, Lord. You spoke. You spoke and words were formed. You breathed and life was born. You knew that one day 
so far from heaven's throne, clothed in human form, you showed the world the Father's love, and you gave, and you gave, you gave your life away, you gave, you gave your life away, you gave, you gave your life away for and your grace has broken every chain my sins are gone my debt's been paid you gave you gave your life away for me Cross the emblem 
Death surrendered to the mighty cross of Jesus Christ, the earth would shake beneath the weight of darkened skies. Oh, 
When we gather for a Good Friday service, we're gathering together to remember the incredible truth that a little over 2,000 years ago, the God of the universe clothed himself in flesh and came into the world for the express purpose of dying on the cross and paying the penalty for our sin. I'm sure many of you are like me, and you could say that's a truth that I was taught at a very young age. That's a truth that I taught to my two children when they were very young, and that's a truth being taught to my three grandchildren who were young as well. It's a truth that I've always known. It's a truth that has always been moving to me even today. But honestly, it's a truth that not everyone understands or accepts. In his book, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering, Timothy Keller tells the story of a Christian minister named John Dixon who was on a college campus in Sydney, Australia, giving a talk on the theme of the wounds of God. During the question and answer time that followed the talk, a Muslim man stepped up to the microphone and began to explain to all the crowd in kind of a rebuttal fashion how preposterous was the claim that the creator of the universe should be subjected to the forces of his own creation, that he would have to eat, sleep, and go to the toilet, let alone die on a cross. Dixon said that this Muslim man's remarks were intelligent, clear, and civil. And he followed that up by arguing that it was illogical that God, the cause of all causes, could have pain inflicted on him by any lesser beings. But that's exactly what happened at the crucifixion. God had pain inflicted on him by lesser beings. It was something he allowed, and it was something that happened multiple times. God, who came to the world in the person of Jesus Christ, suffered at the cross. He suffered before the Sanhedrin. After he was arrested, he was taken before Caiaphas, the high priest, and the Sanhedrin. And after they manufactured a false claim against him, Matthew 26, 59 and 60 says, Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy for us, Christ. Who hit you? And then he suffered before Pilate. If you know the story, you know that Pilate tried to release Jesus. It was his custom at the Passover to release a prisoner. And so... When he tried to release Jesus, the crowd instead shouted the name of another criminal, a man named Barabbas. And when Pilate said, well, what will I do then with Jesus? They shouted even louder, crucify him. And so Pilate turned him over to be flogged and crucified. That's the way Matthew records it in his gospel. He said he turned him over to be flogged and crucified. It's a very brief way to describe what happened next. But perhaps the reason why the statement is so brief is because there's no way for Matthew to find the words to describe the brutality of the beating that Jesus was about to receive. The Scriptures don't tell us how long that beating lasted. <clears throat> we know that the Hebrew law forbid that anyone be flogged more than 39 lashes. But make no mistake... What Jesus experienced was horrific as his back and his buttocks and his legs became open wounds. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, 
makes this statement about Jesus. It says, by his stripes we were healed, or we are healed. And what that means on the most practical level is that the payment for sin didn't begin at the cross. It began when Jesus was stripped and his hands were tied above his head to a post where he was beaten. So when the Bible says that Jesus suffered for our sins, it means he suffered deeply. He knew that his destiny was at the cross. In Luke's account of the Last Supper, he records Jesus saying in Luke twenty-two fifteen, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Jesus knew he was going to suffer. And then he suffered at Calvary. After being beaten, a scarlet robe was placed on his shoulders, a crown of thorn on his head, and a staff was placed in his hands. The soldiers mocked him by kneeling in front of him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And then they took the staff out of his hands and struck him on the head over and over again. After that, he was forced to carry the crossbeam of his cross to Calvary, where he was nailed to that cross and suspended between heaven and earth to die one of the most horrific deaths ever invented. Crucifixion was invented by the Persians. It was refined by the Romans. It involved Dizziness, cramp, thirst, starvation, sleeplessness, traumatic fever, shame, publicity of shame, continuance of torment, horror of anticipation, mortification of intended wounds, all intensified just up to the point at which the person could endure it, but stopping short of the point where unconsciousness could bring that person some relief. And so, in other words, the crucifixion was designed to keep the person conscious and suffering. At the crucifixion, Jesus suffered. God, who came into the world in the person of Jesus Christ, had pain inflicted on him by lesser beings. It was something he allowed to happen, and as I said, it happened multiple times in multiple ways. So the question is, why? Why did Jesus have to suffer? Why couldn't Jesus just simply die a normal death and be the sacrifice that was needed for our sin. I don't, need that. I don't know that I can give you an exhaustive answer to that question, but I can tell you two things tonight. First of all, we need to understand, we need to remember that Jesus' death was the payment for our sin. Look at these words on the screen from 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10. John writes and says, This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, in my NIV Bible, those two words, atoning sacrifice, come from a single word in the original language of the New Testament. It's the Greek word, hilasmos. If you have an older Bible or you're like me and you have spent your whole life in church, there's another word that is often used to describe that atoning sacrifice. It's the word propitiation. But the literal meaning of the word hilasmos, translated atoning sacrifice or propitiation, the literal meaning is an appeasing. It is the means of appeasing. And what we often fail to grasp is that the depth of our sin required the depth of Jesus' suffering on the cross. Perhaps John Stott best captured this reality with these words. He said, before we can begin to see the cross as something done for us, 
we have to see it as something done by us. The second reason, we need to understand that Jesus' death on the cross was also God's way of identifying with our frailty. I began with that story of John Dixon speaking on a college campus in Sydney, Australia about the wounds of God and the response of a Muslim man arguing how preposterous it was to believe that God, the cause of all causes, would subject himself to the forces of his own creation. But that's exactly what happened on the cross. When Dixon recounts the story, or rather when Keller recounts the story, he says that Dixon thought and thought but couldn't come up with what he thought was a knockdown response, a knockdown argument or comeback. And so in the end, he simply thanked the man for making the uniqueness of the Christian claim so clear. And he said, what the Muslim denounces as blasphemy, the Christian holds precious. God has wounds was his way of, way of identifying with us. It was a message of love. And there's great comfort in remembering that on this Good Friday. together for a time of communion this evening and we're going to just ask the Lord's special blessing on this time of remembrance. Would you pray with me?
Father in heaven, thank you for a time to remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Communion is something that we do every week here at Mount Pleasant and even on special events like this, special services. And the fear is sometimes that because we do it so often, it is too familiar that we're just going through the motions. But the Apostle Paul wrote and said that when we took communion, we needed to examine ourselves. And as we examine ourselves tonight, help us to remember that the reason Jesus suffered on the cross was because of the depth of our sin. Help us to remember that it was an act of great love as Jesus identified with us and then died for us to give us hope. And so when those trays are passed and we invite believers to take a piece of bread and a cup of juice, help us to remember, help us to be thankful, and help us to be broken. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
us as we continue in worship. Alas, then did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die. With 
Thanks again for being here tonight. Don't forget to bring your kids, your grandkids to the Easter egg hunt tomorrow across the street, the Community Life Center from 10 to 12. And then Easter services that are a complete different service than what we had tonight begin tomorrow at 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock, Sunday at 8.30. Take note of that special start time, 10 o'clock and 11.30. The cross has the final word. Someone say amen to that. Amen. Amen. We celebrate that tonight. We celebrate that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrificial death on the cross. And thank you that no matter what might be going on in our life, no matter how deeply we have have failed or stumbled or how far off track we may have gotten in our lives, when we come to Christ, the cross has the final word. Help us to remember that as we leave this place, we ask all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? 
Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of the evening. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness. I will follow you. Trust the promise, you will carry me safe to shore.